Welcome to episode two of LJ's Card Shop, Man with a Mic. I'm Chris, and I'm just a man with a mic. So basically what I'm doing here is spending X amount of time with no script, no agenda, just talking about sports cards, sports in general, and just rolling with it. But, but with the huge news today is Ellie De La Cruz just got called up to the Reds, MLB's number one prospect, and kind of hurts, don't it? We had tickets to go on Thursday. One of my buddies over in the office had tickets to go tonight. It's like, oh, great. Your favorite team just brought your guy up. But it's like, hey, I was going to go see him tonight. Lovato's still in town on a rehab assignment. So maybe we'll check that out. But um, talk about prospecting. Like, when is your best time to sell the LE cards? Like, right now. Talked about that on the Friday Facts. You just got called up. He goes three for three with two home runs tonight. Boom, cards skyrocket. He goes 0 for three. You know, probably nothing goes over like a week and they're going to go down a little bit. But the best time to sell your card is right before call up or like day of. Like I would have sold them last week, but I'm a Reds fan, so I'm holding on to it. I'm not selling my Reds cards, which brings me to another point about Jonathan India being a Reds fan. You know, it's hard that I've got some high-end Jonathan India cards, but I don't want to sell them. It's like, hey, I can get 300 bucks for this card, but I got really like Jonathan India. I don't want to sell it. So when you're buying things to resell, don't buy stuff that you like because you're not going to sell it. Like I went to a card show over the weekend. It was a Pokemon show. Bought a couple of things that I really like. I'm like, okay, hey, I can grade this. I can make some money. I can do this. I can do that. Then I start looking at it. I'm like, ooh, this is a really good addition to my collection. You know, my daughter had set up and I was just helping her, but, you know, I've got my own money too. So I bought some stuff looking into it. I'm like, dang, man, I really, I really like these. I, I don't want to sell them, but, you know, it's Pokemon. So I'm going to get them graded and, and sell them. But should they have been like Jerry Judy's for the Broncos or India, Ellie De La Cruz, like I'm buying them and I'm not selling them. So the stuff you want to make money on should not be the stuff that you like because you're not going to sell it, Right. You're going to want to keep it in your collection. I have, since I started working at LJ's Card Shop about a year and a half ago, I had my own LLC for about three years before that. And I have drastically changed the way that I collect. Seeing the collection that they have here, talking to the GM, the other guys here, and how they collect and why. Like, I would rather have the five best Jerry Judy cards that I can have than have 7,000 of them. And I know, like, one guy, you know, 1 million Cubs, his goal is to collect 1 million Cubs. Great. Hope you reach your goal. Like, that's awesome. Collecting, collect what you like, collect what you love. Collect your way. You know, I'm listening to a podcast this morning, and guy collects early 90s hockey cards of OPG because that's where he grew up in Canada. Wonderful. Or putting together, um, like my daughter collects Jesse Winker cards. Jesse Winker cards are not expensive. Half the time they give them away to her because she's seven and she collects. So people just send them to her in the mail. For a while there, my son's got a Cooper Cup collection. People are just sending him stuff till they're actually, you know, worth something. But kids in the hobby, it, it's huge to be able to, to generate the next generation populate the next generation of collectors, whether it's Pokemon or magic or sports cards or the, now the Disney cards coming out or whatever it may be, the hobby is going to continue and you can hobby your way, you know, listening to other people and other podcasts. It's like, Hey, I got priced out of the hobby. Like I can't afford a $1,400 box of prism. 
yeah, but you can afford that $4 Kenny Pickett. You can afford that. I, I understand the chase, the thrill of opening a box of cards. There's just nothing like it. I mean, I'm going to buy a bunch of Series 2 next week just because I always buy flagship, but I'm, it's going to be crap. I already know it. But that's what I do. I like enjoying the cards. I'm going to open a jumbo box with my wife. My wife enjoys opening cards. So it's going to be a good time. Maybe my kids will jump in on that. Typically, they like football and Pokemon. My daughter likes opening up baseball and hopes for a Jesse Winker. But we'll see. But, you know, the enjoyment of opening packs and boxes has to be there. I remember talking to my buddy K-Dub when Optic Basketball boxes were like 385. I mean, now they're way more than that for, you know, the hobby went way up. But I was like, man, I could not enjoy opening that box knowing I spent $385 on it. When I could have bought every single card in that box for probably $65. I mean, you're you're chasing XYZ player. You're doing this. You're doing that. But at some point, it's like, man, I could have, you know, $1,400. Those are plane tickets to Orlando for my family to go to Disney or a box of prism. It's like, Hey, that's my mortgage payment this month or a box of prism. Hey, you know what? My, my car's kind of old and broken down. Um, you know, I could have this Trevor Lawrence RPA or use Toyota. It's just getting your, your priorities in line and you can collect what you like just because you can't afford hobby boxes. Doesn't mean you can't go out and find, you know, I was born in 1982. So those cards are actually pretty expensive. It's um, for boxes, Cal Ripken's year. But I can find 1982 cards to collect. Or my wife was born in 88. Find 1988 cards to collect. I've got every Tops complete set um, for each one of my kids for every year they were born. You know, collect stuff like that. Or, you know, I like Jay Cutler. I like collecting Jay Cutler cards. Jay Cutler cards are not expensive. Um, Jake Plummer. Um, Jake Plummer cards are not expensive, but you know what? I would love to find an awesome Jake Plummer card on eBay for 20 bucks rather than buying a heritage blaster and getting a Fernando Tatis out of 99 or something like that. It is just changing the way you collect and changing the way you feel about things. Like you see people on Twitter, on Instagram or whatever, like, Hey, I'm in a collecting rut. You know, I'm in this, I'm in that. I don't really feel it anymore. Then, you know, then it's time to step back and take a break. If this is no longer fun for you, I mean, it's a hobby. It's supposed to be fun. For me, it just happened to turn into a career where I'm unbelievably fortunate to go into work every day and have some amazing things come across my desk. Like my boss today just brought me over three, like super awesome PSA 10 Pokemon slabs. Like how, how cool is that? And I'm listing some 1956 PSA vintage cards on ebay this week and it's just it's just awesome to learn about the different eras of sports cards you know what people consider vintage in 20 years what's going to be considered vintage are people are going to you know 78 and older or is vintage going to include the junk wax era in 20 years like i don't know but i can tell you that they're not going to make any more cal ripken rookies you know they still might put them in the don russ products or something like that or short print and tops but um you know like pokemon printed something like over a billion cards last year, you know, tops. We'll see what happens when fanatics takes over, but you can already see the ball rolling in different directions for Panini and tops with redemptions and uh, new products, taking products away. But it's really going to be interesting to see is just, man, collect what you like, collect what you love 
and sell what you don't. Like I have moved my collection. Well, I'm trying to now, you know, my wife decided she's going to stay home and, and raise our kids. And that's just amazing. I, I absolutely love that. She, we were fortunate enough that she could do that. And so she's helping me with the shipping. She's helping me, you know, sell some of my cards here and there. And it's just, it's awesome. But I have completely changed the way that I collect and that's okay. Like you don't have to collect the same way your whole life. You know, Drew Locke went to Seattle. I'm not going to collect any Seattle Drew Locke cards, but if he's a Broncos card for cheap, I'll still grab him. Paxton Lynch, I'm going to get rid of every single one of your cards because I don't like you at all. Or, you know, Michael Vick, I'm going to feed you to my dog. But, you know, I really like Christian Leitner cards. I know like three people who collect J.J. Redick. Former Duke players is stuff I like. Or former Notre Dame guys for football. A lot of people don't like the college cards. Like, I absolutely love the collegiate cards. Like, I would love to have some Notre Dame cards. I got a game-used Cole Komet jersey, card, jersey patch auto for like $17 in my LCS last week or a couple weeks ago, whatever. But the whole thing is, you know, the man of the mic today is collect what you love, collect how you want. You can have influences like Eloy the Goat. He is a huge influence on the way I collect and how I collect, how I started, just how I am in the hobby. Just generally, you know, I see a guy who collects Dirk Nowitzki. I got a Dirk Nowitzki bas auto basketball sitting behind my desk that's mine. I want it in an NCAA, you know, bracket contest. I don't want that. I could sell it. I'm just going to send it to this guy. Like, how happy is that going to make him? You know, Rack City. That's what we're all about. Anyways, um, Ellie got called up. Sell your Ellie if you're not an Ellie fan. What, I mean, what are the chances he's Acuna or Soto? I mean, he is the number one prospect. He is a unicorn. He is just so good. But, you know, they say Charizard can't tear an ACL. Pikachu is not going on the DL. Like, he could literally come up today, turn an ankle, and, and never play a game again. Um, if you've got money in it. Another thing is, is a question for the audience, if you're listening to this, leave a comment. Do you count your profits in dollars or percents? So say you sold, you bought a card for $1, you sold it for $2. Is that a dollar profit or is that 100% profit? Or same thing with like $3,000 to $3,300. Is that a $300 profit or is that a 10% profit? I want to know how you collect your wins and losses, if you count it, dollar signs or percentage points. All right, we're heading up about 11 minutes. The goal is uh, 10 to 12, so we're going to end it here. The Man with the Mic podcast. I know, it's really LJ's card lounge, but... Man with the mic is just me up here talking. So thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, you know, hit that subscribe, follow, comment button on whatever, you know, platform you're on. We should be on all of them by now. Hit us up on the socials. Twitter mainly is what I'm active on. We're on IG as well. And uh, hope to hear from you guys. Thank you.